0: You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now,
1: here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Loewen, and I am joined, as always, by Sean. And guess what? Another, as always, Rick is back. Welcome back, Rick.
0: I got my voice back. I can talk again. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> Yay!
1: Uh, we have a guest on the podcast. His name is Dan Whaley, and he is with Thrive Coaching
2: Academy. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. All right, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, to be here with you guys. Dan is a is like a a health
1: coach and a fitness expert. We wanted to kind of dive into an episode, of not necessarily about like health and fitness by itself, but more like how do I lead a Lifestyle of health, and what does that even mean for me? Because it's different for me than for someone else. Why would I want that? And how will it benefit me as a business owner? Mm. Really, because that's kind of where we're busy. Like, how do I make it work? What if I did all the things you're saying and it didn't work? You know, many of us have have worked on, you know, too. I mean, this typically is a conversation sometimes about losing weight, but not always. Maybe just simply wanting more energy. However, I can make that happen, Dan. I promise you, I will. Uh, be open-minded I have too many kids and not (laughs) enough energy for them so that's the kind of the general subject it's a little bit outside of our our normal you might think actually it's a little bit outside of our normal scope but it's really not I feel like this is something that really matters because in the end you know a a lot of our listeners are you know board game designers our publishers our video game designers and and other other you know kind of kickstarter hopefuls and we run into the same problem. It feels like there's not enough time in the day to do the things that we need to do. But then I don't know if you guys are like me, but whenever you do have time, let's say you allocate 2 hours on a Saturday or on a Monday evening or whatever it is around your full-time gig. When that time comes, I mean, there are so many other things that pull at you, you know, for for attention, but for me, one of the one of the major things is like the amount of energy that I have and mental like thought capital that I have to devote to this is is low and I have had many I mean there have been many occasions where you know I've sat down to work and I've just you know haven't been very productive I give myself four hours to do a particular thing and I get maybe 30 minutes of productive work time in and that's just like I feel feels really bad afterward because uh, it's like it's hard running this running this aside business or even you know as a full-time publisher I kind of walk the bridge in between a full-time board game publisher and a full-time business owner and all of that. And uh it's kind of a weird feeling and I feel like my time needs to be so well optimized to be fruitful on either front that I mean it's just the energy kills me. Um so anyway that's what we're here to talk about and that's why Mm -hmm. I brought Dan on and I'm really excited to hear all the things from Dan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot to digest in that, in that statement there. Um, But you know, the first thing that I kind of wanted to go over, was just like energy, right? Like we could all use more energy more often throughout the day. And, you know, there's really no, like, there's no secret tips or secret hacks that, you know, we can, that we can give, like really what it comes down to is, if you want more energy, you're going to have to look outside of what you're doing right now, because obviously, you know, we're it's not it's not working. So the first thing that I would look is, you know, what is your nutrition like? And that is the first thing that we can that we can start changing around. And it's very easy to start changing. We could start doing it today. You know, instead of going through the McDonald's drive through um, or, you know, drinking a bunch of Coke Zero's. Um, I feel uh, targeted
0: on this one. In both
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're on video right
1: now and Rick has like a line of Coke zeros um, behind him. Should I, should I
0: pull up the McDonald's bag from earlier? Not,
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the, the breakfast that Rick had this morning. No, I, I'm not targeting you, Rick. You're, I, I was thinking about this before I even knew you. So, but uh, but anyway, um, it's just changing our diet around. So, you know, focusing, I, I am not an advocate for like those fad diets. So like keto and low carb and, um, you know, Weight Watchers, Adkin, like whatever it is, intermittent fasting, stuff like that. Like I, I
0: he's still targeting me.
2: All of the things. I mean, <laughs> I mean, intentionally. Um, so, I mean, really like we, we should just be focusing on like the big three, right? So the big three is a lean meat, a smart carbohydrate and vegetables and if we can like incorporate more of those meals throughout our day our energy is just going to naturally increase just by just by changing our diet up
1: so i don't like to eat vegetables i like to eat pizza um but i will eat vegetables on pizza and i will eat vegetables if i have to are you a pineapple but, dude yeah i do i do love my pineapple on there's, pizza there's a raging debate <laughs> it feels like it never ending but um you can never trust a guy with, that puts pineapple on his pizza. Ooh. as They say God, I'm, I'm, um,
0: everyone's targeting me. today. This is not cool. I'm, not I'm out of here.
1: I love pineapple though. Target the, the sick,
0: pineapple. target the sick, unhealthy guy on the healthy <laughs> episode. I see how it well, is.
1: <laughs> the question is like, if I, you know, suck it up and put more veggies on my plate, like what well, I I have had, uh, like this broccoli that you can steam in the microwave. It has been in my freezer for like. <laughs> A <laughs> year? Like how long does? I mean, you could keep that in your freezer forever, and it probably never go bad. Um, Eventually, it turns get, into yes. an ice crystal. Okay, broccoli. Yes. That yep, ice bad. crystal broccoli. I, I I am well acquainted with this ice crystal broccoli. Okay, so let's say let's say I do that. I take I take that out, and I decide to go a few meals, making sure that I have a green vegetable on the side. How how long does it take to actually feel the difference?
2: Yeah, honestly, honestly, it could be within the first week, even. I mean, I've had a lot of clients that have come to me, you know, and they're either not eating enough or they're eating too much. Right. And we we educate them and train them on, you know, just having a a nice breakfast. So starting out with a good breakfast that has protein in it. You know, a lot of us are skipping breakfast and we're going straight for the coffee. So incorporating a breakfast with protein and then having a lunch with protein as well, so you know it doesn't even have to be green vegetables, like you said. Like as as long as we are um, eating a balanced diet throughout the day, so not skipping breakfast, you know, not ingesting caffeine, um, um, like uh, until we get to you know three p.m. or something like that, uh, and then just eating balanced. So or is that bad to do or good to do? So with caffeine, right? So with caffeine. Yeah. If you're ingesting caffeine as the first thing that you are drinking when you wake up, like a lot of us do, we reach straight for the coffee or the energy drink. Um, what happens is it your adenosine does not have a chance to clear out from your system. Adenosine is something that makes you feel fatigued throughout the day. So, you know, really when you first wake up and you ingest caffeine, what caffeine does, it acts as an adenosine blocker. So it's actually going to suppress all of that adenosine that you are trying to clear out of your system. So this is very common that people when people experience like that afternoon crash, when you drink caffeine, it blocks the adenosine, right? And then when you throughout the next, you know, five, six, seven hours, that adenosine is working its way back out because the caffeine is no longer blocking it. So that's when you experience that afternoon crash, that dip in energy. So a way to combat this is to avoid drinking caffeine for the first 90 minutes to two hours of your of your day. So it actually gives your chance, gives your body a chance to clear out the adenosine that you had in your system from sleeping, and you won't experience that afternoon crash. So that's, you know, one quick hack right there to to avoid that that energy dip in the in the middle of the afternoon.
1: That's really interesting. It's, I, I look forward. I'm one of those people that absolutely looks forward to my caffeine in the morning. And I do feel like it's a really reasonable thing. to. It almost makes me excited if I have to wait for it. I, I'm like, you know, we, I'm, I'm always up by eight with all the kids and everything like that. But right around 10, if I, if I wait till like 9.30 or 10 to, to have caffeine, I feel like that's a really doable and easy thing. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I think having kids is an advantage because by the time you get them up, get them dressed, get them breakfast, and then, then I have my coffee. Usually by then it's well, 40 minutes, so I suppose it's, it's not as long as you're recommending, but there is a there's some time there. I always make sure to drink water, plenty of water before I take caffeine because I know it does dehydrate you as well. So
0: Yeah, I, I fail
3: at this miserably. My solution is in that afternoon dip, you just drink another coffee. I, I, I,
0: have, a, I have a membership to one of those unlimited SIP uh, clubs floating around uh, yeah. in the U S. And so usually I get up and the first thing I go is get my
2: first free drink. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. I love it though. But you know, like, um, if we can wait si- even 60 minutes, right. It's going to be, it's going to be beneficial. And then what happens when you do reach for that, you know, third, fourth cup of coffee, even second cup of coffee at 3 PM, you know, coffee has a, um, has a six hour half-life. So at 3 p.m., if you're drinking coffee and you're drinking 150 milligrams, at 9 p.m., 75 milligrams of caffeine is still going to be floating around in your bloodstream a little bit.
1: Mm.
2: So you're still going to be, you know, it's you're not going to be able to sleep as well. And that's another one that is going to increase your energy exponentially is just getting good sleep. You know, a lot of us don't, don't sleep more than five hours. I mean, just because you go to bed at 10 p.m. and you wake up at, 6 a.m. doesn't mean that you slept for eight hours. Mm -hmm. You we are kind of like an hour, might take an hour to fall asleep, maybe 30 minutes. And then you might get some low quality sleep in the middle of the night, some low quality sleep as we're waking up. So really you slept for six hours instead Mm -hmm. of eight hours. So that's one thing that we kind of go over with our clients as well, is just kind of
1: getting them good sleep habits. You know, um, I think that for me, what I've noticed is that if if I'm having a tough day, uh, so I, I drank this thing called Spark. It's like my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's from Advocare. I
2: just had one of those uh, yesterday.
1: Yeah. The thing is, I try to limit myself to once a day on Spark, uh, you know, or coffee or anything like that, you know. And um, if I'm having a hard day, though, I will go back to that well again and, uh, you know, or coffee or whatever, you name it, you know, uh, sugar free Red Bull. I've got those in my fridge. Uh, just something grab and go that's like, I need to survive right now. So I'm just going to slam an energy drink because I, the work has to get done. And I guess I'm taking, you know, a few minutes off of the end of my life by doing this, but it must be done. I don't know what else to do.
0: I, I recall, I think one day at the office, you had like four of them. Oh and my goodness. Like, and like the whole <laughs> office just reeks of like Kool-Aid. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs>
3: it was like, dilate. Yeah.
1: It was one of my favorite, like, yeah, we all used to work in an office together. And, um, it was like one of my favorite times of the day. It, I always like three times a day in the morning. First thing I do, get to the office, drop my stuff, go over and make my, make me a spark, spin that thing around and twirl it with our fancy wooden, whatever swizzle sticks and come back at noon, come back at like four. It's like, yes. Our
3: little, our little drink I think, form. I think some of this, I think some of this, you can acclimatize to because in the military, they, they train soldiers to function on very small amounts of sleep. In fact, they're prone to, you know, waking up the barracks at the early hours of the morning, flipping all the beds and getting them mm-hmm. because they're trying to trying to get them used to being sleep deprived and, and highly functional because in warfare you have to be, I kind of feel this is the same when you have kids, <laughs> you kind of adjust to being highly functional with like very little sleep. I can't remember the last time I got like eight hours like straight sleep. It's like, hasn't happened for years. And it's just, on, you know, when you have kids, someone's wet the bed or someone's had a nightmare or, you know, whatever, or you just can't get to sleep for some reason. Or so I, I think some of, some of this can, you can, your body can climatize and adjust, just to it to a certain degree, but obviously it's not the, uh, not best practice, but that probably does help to some regard when kind of having energy levels and just getting used to the grind. Yeah.
1: I find like the loss of sleep, those effects feel cumulative to me. Like if you get, you know, for me, I, I often will get six, seven hours of sleep. I try and, you know, I, I've got my Garmin that actually I measure my sleep and it ever since I, I started wearing that, it actually, you know, you can get, you can do like Fitbit, a Garmin, other things will measure your sleep. Um, but when I started doing that, I started to realize and pair together the fact that I'm very tired with, oh, it looks like I was awake for an hour right in the middle of sleep. Uh, right in the middle of that sleep. And then I can see usually for the first like three hours of my sleep, that's when, if I get deep sleep, that's when I'll get deep sleep. Mm. So if I, uh, you know, and then usually later in the night, almost like at the very end of my sleep schedule is REM and you need both of those along with light sleep to, survive. I mean, you, your body does different things at different times. And uh, like deep sleep, you ba- it's almost like you can't wake up from it or it's really hard. You're really groggy if you wake up from deep sleep, which is why if you take too long of a cat nap, it messes you up. If I'm awake in the middle of the night, one of those suffers. I'll get like 12 minutes of REM or I'll get you know 30 minutes of deep sleep when I really need like two hours. And I'll find myself really lethargic if I miss that deep sleep or I'll find myself like brain fog and doing dumb things. Like I'll I'll have trash in my hand and a cup that I intended to fill with water. I'll walk right past the trash can, fill the cup up with water, walk right past the trash can again and sit down and realize I have trash in my hand. I need to get up again and drop the trash. It's like,
2: that's like my cognitive uh, capability is not really what it should be, you know? And that's when you, and that's when you reach for those red Bulls that are in the, that are in the fridge there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel like, you know, me. Yeah. So I'm in your your head rent, rent free, Andrew.
1: Yes. So, so let's talk a little bit more about this because I, you know, one, one, I want someone to make like a disclaimer because I feel like there are so many things that we could do. Yes. And most of, most of the right things are like, yes, I know I should eat my vegetables. Yes. I know I should not eat this pizza. Yes. I know I should not grub hub BJ's like I did last night, but I felt sad (laughs) and I just needed a pick me up and man, food is a really great pick me up you know, the disclaimer I wanted to kind of share is just simply that you don't have to do everything, but like find one thing, one thing that you can find that and and integrate from this conversation into your routine. And that will really help. Right. Is that kind of what you teach your, your people? Uh, like, how do you
2: teach your people? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So one thing that I, again, like I want to be very clear on is, you know, there's, Going to be a ton of tips for you to work on, and especially in this podcast, I'm sure there's going to be a, a bunch more that I'm going to come up with. And it might be, it might feel overwhelming, right? You're like, I got to change my entire life around. But really, how I teach my clients and what is proven to be successful is just focusing on one thing that you feel like needs the most work and changing that one thing for the next two weeks, three weeks, however long you want to go for. It, you know, so. Maybe it's um, eating a proper breakfast with at least 15 grams of protein. You know, maybe you're not eating breakfast at all. So if you can change breakfast for three weeks and just go about your normal day, you know, until that has become a routine and a habit for you, then you just build on top of the foundation from there. So, you know, you're changing breakfast for the first three weeks and then the, and then the second week, you're maybe getting a, a 10 minute walk-in during lunch, you know, and you focus on that. Uh, and then you just, you know, whatever it is, lunch after dinner and then snacks so just building the foundation slowly but surely because what's gonna happen if if you try and revamp your whole life all in the first week you're, you're gonna fail it's not it's, it's not too much be, right it's gonna be way too much and it's not gonna be fun. You're gonna be like I have to go meal prep now I don't even know how to meal prep. how do I what? And then you know, eight slices of pizza, eight days of prep. Meal, yeah, meal, yeah, exactly. Yeah, two I mean, meals. They don't fit in the containers very well, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why tinfoil is the best for a pizza. You just fold it into the. Uh, but yes. um, but yeah. So you know, changing everything at once is is a a, sh- a straight beeline to failure. So we teach our clients, you know, like just do one thing at a time. Let's let's kind of ease into it, and then before we know it, after a month or two months of this. You know, we're now having three proper meals a day. We're thinking about our food choices when we go out to restaurants. We're incorporating our walks. We're doing, you know, a 30 minute workout three times a week. So, it, and then, and then that's when the ball really starts rolling. And when people start feeling those changes, feeling that, that inspiration that's coming from, um, revamping their life, uh, that's when they kind of get on board and, and that's when the change really starts to happen there's not much going on in the first month or two months of your fitness journey. You're just still learning. You know, you're still just kind of getting the, getting the ropes down. What happens is when you're consistent and you stay consistent for, you know, a long period of time, that's when, it, that's when you really start to see those, those, those benefits, that, that mental clarity, focus and energy.
1: One thing that has really helped me, I want to say there are three things that have helped me tremendously in my personal health and and weight loss. And especially, I've had six kids. I'm a seventh one is on the way, and I have had some roller coaster experiences with my weight and and all of that. Um, as a result, not to mention you know running businesses and and all, and it's really stressful. But uh, one of my my first key is I have these protein bars that are called Pure Protein. Um, it's like 20 grams of protein or so. It's very low carb, uh, but also I can, I I want to say I can stomach them. They're, they don't taste like um concrete gum. Yeah. You know, like some yeah. bars are awful and um I find that when I get up every morning, I'm I'm always tired and I'm dealing with the kids. Kids have a million needs that I need to feed them, make sure they stay alive, make sure they're clothed, you know, other things that are that can be just feel like such a such a task. But I always have these bars in my cabinet. I always grab one every morning. I manage to eat one of those bars. There have come times that I have run out of those things and half of the days that I don't have those bars, I actually skip breakfast because I'm busy and all this other stuff's going on. It's like, I don't have anything easy that I can just grab and go. So having those, those pure protein bars in my cabinet has made a dramatic improvement in, you know, because when you eat that, your, your metabolism actually starts, Mm -hmm. right? It's like your, your metabolism doesn't really start until you eat something which is why breakfast is so important. And then, it, it, as you said, it should be, um, you know, a high protein and that sort of thing. And so for me, a protein bar is just quick and easy and, and effective uh, just to make sure I get something. Yeah. And then I'll usually have like snacks and whatnot. But and, and then, you know, I guess I'll just say one more, which is for me, I have, uh, you know, everybody knows you don't drink soda if you want to lose weight and, and, and all of that. But it's not so easy because I love soda. I would, <laughs> I do not drink alcohol so that I can drink Coca Cola. <laughs> it's like, I just, I feel like alcohol, I have to spend whatever currency I'm spending. And I would rather spend that currency on Coca Cola. And uh, so and I just, you know, I love my, love my Cokes. <laughs> Rick loves his Coke too.
2: All right. Now, I'll are you a Coke Zero drinker or a, or a regular Coke drinker?
1: No, I like, I like Coke
3: with uh, real sugar.
2: Yeah, you know Ooh. if I can. Mexico
3: drinker. Yeah, no. A lot of these drinks have aspartame in it, which has proven to kill brain uh-huh. cells. So, yep, that's the avoid The ones. You you aspartame, or yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh, yeah. Like that, I, I feel a, like a lot of these like drinks are is an intelligence test. <laughs> it's like <laughs> as I've grown older, it's like yeah, should I be drinking like the green, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in the green. dark drink? Mm, probably not. Yeah I'm pretty sure that's an intelligence test. I'm pretty sure that's poison. <laughs> anyway. That's probably worth talking about, Dan. I, you know, we talk about diet because I don't know if you—I don't know how it is in the states, but here in the UK, you know, you go to any kind of grocery store and you walk down an aisle, and the majority of stuff on the shelves is not actually food; it's mm-hmm. just highly processed, sugary cardboard <laughs> that's designed. To My kill favorite. you <laughs> that yeah. you know it's it's designed to sell, it's not designed to actually provide you nutrition. So one thing that we've done as a family, we actually sort of see our food spend as like an investment into our health. So we kind of see it like instead of paying medical bills, we are going to invest money upfront into better quality food. So we eat a lot of from um, farm markets and it's expensive, but it's real food. and we we are fortunate to live uh, near a, a dairy farmer who provides us raw organic milk that is Jersey cow, uh, we buy raw honey, we have free range eggs and the, the the quality is phenomenal. Like when you, when we don't buy like free range eggs from our local farmer, which are bigger and like even the yolks are like richer and we just go buy like store-bought yeah. eggs, they taste completely different. It's like, I'm never going back and eating that. That's not, those aren't eggs. <laughs> yeah. You know, you kind of forget. Yeah. So I, that's how we, that's how something that we decide as a family we're investing but i know how it is in the states it's probably somewhat similar probably worse in the states with like all the stuff on the shelves it isn't actually food you have to refrigerate american eggs
2: (laughs) yeah first yeah first off the eggs are completely different from the supermarket versus like farm fresh right i mean just look at the color of the yolk one is like Mm -hmm. a one is like a school bus yellow, and the other one is like an for orange, pale. almost. Yeah. yeah, or like yeah. yeah. First of all, great job on doing that for your family because that's a huge investment into your health, and the the return on that investment is you know going to be compounded for years. So you're going to feel better, act better, look better, all that stuff. So um, so that's fantastic. But about the supermarket, I mean, you're absolutely right. So all of the what I like to teach my clients is to shop on the outside edges of the supermarket. Right. Because usually the aisles, like the inner workings of the supermarket are full of that highly processed foods. And those foods are highly palatable for a reason. They are literally designed so that you can keep eating them. Um, So I like to use the example on um, eating eating chicken breasts until you're full and then eating Cheez-Its until you're full. You're going to eat. Is it possible to fill up on Cheez-Its? I is
1: never it found po- the
2: end. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you can, I, will, I will eat an entire box of Cheez-Its way before I'll eat, you know, 10 ounces of chicken breast and and, mm. and not be full on the Cheez-Its and be extremely full eating chicken breast. Well, that's because they're literally designed for you to keep eating them. They're highly palatable and they don't send that same hunger response or being full response to your brain that say chicken breast does. So yeah, we got to be careful on like those highly processed foods, because those are the ones that really are gonna kill us and make us feel like make us feel like crap
3: um, mm-hmm. as well. Well, even, even in the, the different types of bread, you know, you can, I, because there's different grains and different, like, we've had, we as a family have had to look into this because my wife has endometriosis, which is impacted by inflammation, there's no remedy for it apart from diet so she's had to do a lot of research into certain carbs that you know spike and cause inflammation so that's probably why we eat so healthily mm-hmm. <laughs> as well we sort of have to because of my wife's my wife's condition but there are different types of grains and different so even ter- mm-hmm. t- types of wheat there's some that release their energy slowly and some that release it quickly mm-hmm. so that's something to think about as well you can buy some really you know cheap white bread which like yeah. which never decays like you just this is like forever <laughs> they're, they're like not even not even like bugs want to eat it <laughs> and then you have like other like fresh store you know you can have like some i, don't know, I corn whole wheat. F- like whole wheat flour or you know soda bread whatever oh, and yeah. that can only that, it has to be eaten within a couple of days, otherwise it's completely gone. And I, so that's, that's the difference and things you need to kind of think about as well. But that's going to certainly impact your energy. Mm-hmm. And we found that as a family as well, you, you eat garbage bread, you're, just, you're gonna you're gonna have brain fog. I, I think it goes with all
2: with all the ingredients, right? And I, I love that you're aware with aware of that with your family. Um, because one thing I, I like to teach as well is just like generational change, right? So now you're able to teach your kids about what is right and what is wrong. So they're not growing up, you know, eating, eating Cheez-Its or eating, um, you know, chocolates or, or stuff like that. Like they're very aware that this food has an impact on how we feel and, and how our brain acts and works and all that good stuff. You know,
1: I, I find, I find it so, so interesting because I, because I have a big family, whenever we do like anybody that has a family, you've got typically, you know, assuming that you have good relationships or, or. Uh, tolerable relationships on both sides you're gonna have two Thanksgivings, two Christmases two or whatever maybe even three because you have the Christmas with the in-laws the Christmas at least the dinner with you know at your house and then the dinner at your other in-law you know at your parents' house and and all of that. I find Easter for example you know we have a ton of a ton of Easter eggs and candy and and that kind of thing that's like you know really normal and very integrated into everything that we do um halloween and harvest festivals at churches and whatever you get so much candy and i found that just letting that candy stay in the house it will get eaten all of it will get eaten yeah and eventually some of it will just go like will turn white and when chocolate turns white it's like just not as good so it gets eat. eaten more slowly <laughs> So I find that actually making the decision as the family, like, hey, we're going to, you know, kids pig out, have fun, but we're going to throw this away, all of it in, you know, just like a short time. We don't tell the kids that. Otherwise, they would pack their mouths full <laughs> like squirrels. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then also, you know, sometimes I did. like actually, dude, this last Easter was gnarly. We had four Easter egg hunts. It's like we had a neighborhood one, a church one. We had one with my parents and then one with my in-laws. And, and actually we had, a we're supposed to have another one. We have a bunch of eggs that are filled with candy that are stored away that we were supposed to have another one. And it's just ended up that like, I can't remember what happened that, that it got canceled, but oh my goodness. It was like, it wasn't like, I, I want to say, you know, there's a difference between like, oh, I want to have some chocolate. Like we have York peppermint patties in the freezer. Like we'll grab one every once in a while just for like a sweet treat. But then you're like force fed a bunch of stuff because of holidays and because of a birthday party. You've got to eat the slice of birthday cake. You've got to, you know, be nice and and whatever. And I feel like it's almost like in life sometimes you can just be like force fed these situations that you can't – it's not really easy to get out of. It's almost like you have to pre-plan what are we going to do before – all of this candy and maybe carb heavy, carb heavy food and soda, you know, is in front of you. You know, I don't know how else to express what I'm feeling inside, but does that make it
2: make sense? Of a hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, a big thing is kind of like what we, what we keep in our house. We want to eat it because we don't want to waste it. So just, just going through your house and first of all, doing maybe like a pantry clean out is a great is a great tool that we could all use today to make our lives you know a little bit a little bit better and make our food choices a little bit easier because when it comes time to binge eat we all have those feelings right I mean I I binge ate over the weekend um, I didn't want to do it but I just had those urges and the food was right there in my possession and it was just so easy now if it wasn't there I would have been like ah, I don't really want to go to the store and get a bag of chips. But because it was so easily accessible, you know, I just gorged myself because I wanted, you know, I wasn't feeling the best and I wanted to feel better, you know, so that's something that I've struggled with in the past is, is binge eating, but it's a common problem with, with a lot of us. And if that food is there, we are going to eat it. I mean, there's no questions about it. I don't care how strong your willpower is. Eventually right. you're eating that food.
3: I don't know how the, I don't, I don't know what the water quality in the States is like, but you know, here in, in Ireland. Anyway, it's it's not great. And that's another thing we invested in was a water filter. We have this like double osmosis water filter thing, yeah. which I, I actually was recommended from a woman I knew who actually worked at a Coca-Cola plant and she had like a master's in chem like chemistry. <laughs> so she this is what she used. I was like, I'll just go what you use. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty neat neat thing. I'm I'm glad we invested in that because again, when you drink filtered water for a long period of time and you go drink regular tap water again, it's like, Oh, (laughs) like your your palate climatizes and you don't actually realize how poor quality, you know, the water you actually were drinking when you've actually started filtering it. So yeah, especially
0: McDonald's, McDonald's double filters their water before it goes into the uh, Coca-Cola tap, just so you know, (laughs) but, but I do the same thing. I, um, I actually, I actually drink tap water occasionally depending on where I'm at. Some, some parts of the neighborhood are not good at drink tap water, but I'm the same boat. I have a, I, I, well, I go the cheap route. I just have a Brita water filter. I just use mm-hmm. that for, for drinking. In fact, my, my, my father has started using one of those too, because he would sit there and buy like a billion, like bottles of water every week. <laughs> and he's like, man, I am just buying so many bottles of water. And I have to carry them around. It's all this plastic. And so he actually has jumped onto the uh, filtered water bandwagon as well. That's awesome.
1: I actually recently jumped on the filtered water bandwagon. I have like the sparklets company comes and drops off like the five gallon drums of water, uh, like three of them every so often. And it's been really helpful. It also has saved a lot of money because I used to be, uh, so I found it was actually a great habit for me to, to bring or to buy, like you can buy 24 bottles of, of water for like $3 at, The grocery store you know and um and i i found that if i had that water there i wanted a grab and go because i'm very busy i don't want to like mix anything i just want to i don't want to pour water from a you know i don't want to fill the brita filter back up i don't want to do this or that and i just need the water easy access so i i started to grab these uh plastic water bottles in in mass from from the store and that Really helped with my healthy habit. But then I realized how expensive that was getting. And it was, uh, it became something where we always have like one 24 pack in the house for when I need to grab and like leave the house. And then <sighs> the other stuff is for when we're at the house, I've recognized the value of just simply taking a little bit of extra time and filling a dang glass up. It saves a lot of money. <laughs> you know?
3: So,
2: yeah. Um, and, and you're help. not, and you're not polluting the oceans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously.
3: You know, we've been talking about diets and food and and junk food and thing. And one thing that I do, or we do as a family, is we actually plan our our takeaway or takeout, and we limit it. So we have a budget that we limit it to, actually in our like official family budget, and we do it once a month, and we have a special day. Um, now sometimes that's just convenience, like you know, delivery pizza or something. Sometimes it's a steak date. So we'll actually go to, a, we'll find like a butcher and we'll actually get like, like get him to actually cut a slice of, a slice of meat. And we get some T-bone steaks and we just, we we grill them up. But I think that's part of it as well. You kind of have to have a little bit of flexibility, give yourself that treat so that it's, it's planned for and it's budgeted. And then you don't you don't have the temptation to exceed it It's like oh I know you know in two weeks time I'll be getting my takeaway or whatever oh yeah today is our steak date or whatever so I think kind of planning those things out is going to make it easier to be consistent with eating health healthily as if you do allow yourself that one treat but it has to be defined and budgeted for that's how that's what we found works for us anyway.
2: Yeah, once a month—that's like you and far between. I'm like i like two times
0: a day, so that's my budget. We have, we have cheat day
2: once a week. We do our cheat day, but yeah, to to kind of touch on what you were saying, Sean, it, it's 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 very crucial to have to have like that time where you know that you. Um, especially if you're following a diet or you're following a nutrition plan, you're following a diet, you know, it's very crucial to have that time where you kind of allow yourself to just have a free meal. So for me, I, I, I do like an 80, 20 rule. So 80% of the time, um, I'll be eating really good, high quality foods and 20% of my calories will come from, you know, I love rice, crispy treats and I love burgers and fries and things like that. So I'll be able to not go crazy uh, in my, you know, in my mind, trying to follow this strict diet. Um, so implementing that 80-20 rules is, is a great way to be sustainable. Because like you said, mm-hmm. it's like consistency is key. It's mm-hmm. so like with anything that you do in life, like if you can stay in the arena the longest and be fighting in the arena for the longest period of time, you will be su- You will win, you will be successful. But as soon as you kind of give up and, you know, step out of the arena, then you're no longer you have no room to progress so allowing yourself those meals allowing yourself those little treats or whatever i do it on a daily basis so i mean i i have my rice crispy treats uh every single day i have 3 rice crispy treats and that's like my way of keeping my sanity so that i fit them into my macros i fit them into my calories but you know i'm not going into the weekend or or being very strict on my diet and then thinking like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to binge eat this weekend. Like I'm Mm going to go so hard on, on in and out burgers or whatever, you know, what a burgers or what, I don't know what you guys (laughs) have in, in Ireland. I've been there once, but I can't think of any fast food places in Ireland at all. So
3: Oh, you can find them all here as well. They've yeah. depending on how, how long ago you were here. But yeah, we have all the McDonald's and KFCs and
2: one thing one thing that Ireland kind of um that I that I really loved about it was the, the the taste of the beef compared to here in the States. Mm-hmm. It is so much different in Ireland. It's like all grass fed, kind of, or that's at least what it tastes like. Um, very high quality meats and, and things like that. And even at like a local pub, I would go in and order a burger and it just tasted nothing like mm-hmm. a burger here at a bar would taste like. And that, w- that kind of blew my mind a little bit was just the quality of ingredients just at like you're a pub down the street.
3: I think it's, uh, I've noticed it with chocolate. I had uh, some friends from the States come over and say, hey, we brought you American treats. And they gave me this like chocolate. It was, it was gross. I was like, what kind of chocolate are you guys <laughs> eating over there? But yeah, I think because it imp- impacts our dairy as well here. We have, I think we have very fortunate to have very rich dairy because of all the grassland and the rain and fog. <laughs>
0: our, our chocolate is crap, by the way, just so you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's mass <math laughs> produced um, yep. by Mr. Uh, William or Mr. Hershey.
1: Mr. Um, beast and, he found and Mass and Produces. This
0: and yeah. It's been the same for the yeah. last hundred years. So um, <laughs> I mean, it's just designed to be mass produced.
3: <laughs> yeah. And so in yeah, terms you know? of in terms of okay. exercise, um, Andrew, I've seen I know you you you've done this, but I'm so busy that I find it really difficult to sort of set aside consistent time to exercise. But what I have found helpful is in, integrating it into time with my kids. So we have like we call it ninja training. <laughs> and we we just i get the kids to put like um ties around their foreheads like to pretend they're ninjas like okay we're gonna do ninja training now and we just do drills like i get them to do press ups and i do press ups as well and we do jumping jacks and we just we just have fun and it's a way for me to exercise um and i also then like use my kids as weights so it's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay now now we're jumping like ninjas but i'm just doing reps with my kids um so that that's that's how i found that's how i get my exercise and when i can do that is to sort of incorporate it with family time because I just, I wouldn't have time to go to the gym or, you know, to sort of set aside time myself to like, to exercise. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's something I found helpful. Andrew, I'm sure you've done something similar.
1: Yeah. you, You know, when I go to the, like to the playground with the kids, I try to, um, like do the monkey bars with them and that kind of thing. But actually that, that becomes, so right now, um, at the weight I am, I'm at a, a well, uh, rather than just sharing numbers, I'm at a pretty healthy weight for my body right now. But if you add 10 or 15 pounds, I don't really want, like I, I don't really want to do that on the playground. You know, I feel like now I can do, you know, pull-ups and and whatever, you know, I'm I'm totally fine. And it's fun and engaging because it's not actually, I don't have all this extra weight, but 10 or 15 pounds more, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I kind of don't want to do that working out with the kids. And it's uh, just the less weight you have on you, the more you want to do things like that. I don't know. It's a weird, or at least maybe that's, that's, that's me. What I found that's, that's very helpful is when we take time. So my wife and I will take time and we'll work out together. And just like you were saying, Sean, like, like almost like uh, body weight exercises, pushups and whatnot. And then the kids always, dude, every single time I, I get down to do a pushup, I have two kids on my back. You're for, back. Yeah. I get to like, as soon as, you get, as
3: soon as you get on the ground, there's some kid lying on top of you.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll use, I'll start using the kids. Like I'll have the baby and I'll do sit-ups, put my, put my feet under the couch and then like hold a baby and then do a sit-up and like push the baby forward. If I need a little bit of help and you know, I'll get the weight on the other side. And so I can do push-ups or sit-ups. But what I find is most effective for me for working out, I Do not like the gym, and I never have. I grew up wrestling and doing karate, and now I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm actually a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and I train all the time. And I went through high school and college wrestling, you know, university wrestling. But um, the uh, what I do now, I train. I have to compartmentalize my exercise. It's become extremely important to me that, like, it's part of my week. Like, if it's like those Rice Krispie treats, Dan if I don't get them I go crazy and so if I if I don't get into the gym the brazilian jiu jitsu gym uh then I uh you know I do it twice a week and I actually take my oldest five kids with me because you know I I used to not but you know as they get older I started to take them because I needed to keep keep this in in my life and this was how we could do it as a family um, but I only do two nights a week because three nights is a little too much to take away from the family. It throws our balance off. And uh, you know, maybe we could talk about balance later, but I go twice a week and I train as hard as I can in the time that I have. So my my intensity is is really, really high. So I'm always looking for like the the killer's row of the guy that weighs 240 pounds and is the, you know, he's a 240 pound blue belt. And then I'll train with my brother-in-law who's a is a, black, a first year black belt. And then I'll train with the all the competitors and whatever. And then, you know, I let the, you know, the kids or the white belts who are just kind getting into it, like every once in a while, I'll train with them as well, because, you know, I want, uh, you know, we're friends, but I really, really want to like work out as hard as I possibly can. And, you know, for that two hours. And so another thing I try to do is I try to stack two classes back to back. So instead of working out for one hour, I'll work you know same number of nights. But if I can if I can just work out for a second hour, feel like it's more productive working out two hours in a row than working out two separate days for one hour here and one hour yeah. there. And so those are so those are some of the ways that I've found uh, really help. A third day would be awesome, but we'll see you know as the kids get older maybe
2: i don't know i think just like individuality with everybody so if you can i mean if two days is working for you and you're able to keep like you're not losing progress and you're and you're enrolling and you're jujitsu and all that stuff like i think that's great you know as as long as you can sustain it for a long period of time and it sounds like two days a week is exactly what you can sustain for a long period of time mm-hmm. so like i said like being in the arena fighting Like you, as long as you're in there showing up consistently two days a week, like you are going to win. You will be successful in the long run. It's when you stop showing up two days a week and you can only do one day a week. And then one day a week turns into, uh, I can't even make it one day. I'll make it every other week, you know, and then you start regressing. That's when, that's when you're not going to be able to make progress anymore or even sustain like what you're, what you've built up in this process. And Sean, kind of what you were saying, kind of reminded me of something that is kind of new to health and fitness, it's, it's kind of been around for a little bit, but it's starting to get a lot of mainstream tension, which is trigger workouts. And basically what you described to me was trigger workouts. So basically what a trigger workout is, is it's like a 5, 10, 15 minute session of, of doing something, some very small, basic exercises. So like push-ups lunges, squats, crunches, and maybe some pull ups if you have a pull up bar or something or, you know, pressing your kid up, you know, holding them by their feet and pressing them up or doing shoulder raises or whatever it is. So doing trigger workouts like that, like if you do five minutes in the morning with your kids, you're playing and then kind of hop on the ground, you do your press ups, and then you do like 50 50 sit ups or whatever it is. And you come home and you do the same thing, you're you know, you come home 5 p.m. and you're pressing your kids, and you do another 20 push-ups and another 25 sit-ups, and you can be consistent with just five minutes a day, twice a day. Again, you're going to be in that arena for a long period of time because you're now doing, you know, compounded over the week, you're doing what, like 140 put push-ups a week, if you're doing it every day for five minutes, seven days a week, or something like that. So, having those trigger workouts is a great way to just start moving, start experiencing some of the benefits like the mental clarity, the focus of exercise. And it's also enough to even build and sustain muscle. So there's been a lot of studies coming out that say, you know, two 10 minute workouts a day once in the morning and and once at night are extremely beneficial for your health. And I mean, everybody has five or 10 minutes, you know, there's no excuse Mm -hmm. to not have 10 minutes in your day to devote to doing some pushups and some lunges and some sit ups.
1: I want to, I want to bring it back into business and I'm going to ask a weird loaded question and then rephrase, but how does this help me crowdfund? Like, how does this help me be a better business owner? And you know, would you care to, to address that? Like, oh, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but I I'm curious about what your thoughts are on this.
2: Yeah. So the first thought that I have is just straight out the bait, straight out the gate is managing your stress. So exercise and, 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 and balancing your diet and getting some regular sleep, so you know, not sleeping three hours, and then six hours, and then four hours, and then, you know, being having a schedule with this is going to manage your stress just right out the gate. So you're not going to feel that overwhelm, you're not going to feel that, that kind of scatterbrain, right, that um, a lot of us business owners face on a daily basis. I mean, even even practicing this, I have to still remind myself like to, you know, be calm, be collected, and 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 you know, if if I'm feeling scatterbrained like that, like take five minutes to go outside and go for a walk and get some sunshine and things like that. And there's actually a pretty cool study done in Kyoto, Japan, I think it was, in two thousand and four, something like that. And it was called um it was called forest bathing. So it was um, Shinrin Yoku is what it was called. So it's forest bathing. So what they found was that being outside in like a forest environment or in just being outside in general was advantageous to handling like acute and intense emotions. So especially for people that have like chronic stress, like a lot of business owners face. You know, you're constantly worrying about money. You're constantly worrying about the next sale, the next client or the next thing. There's always compounding things to do. So just getting outside and getting some fresh air is is therapeutic and can help you manage your stress and and aids in that stress reduction as well. So um, that's the first thing I think of is just managing your stress and the, the best way to do it and a free way to do it is to work out get outside and and get regular sleep mm-hmm. and those are like the top three things that i can think of now as far as energy goes working out eating right and all and getting sleep and being outside is going to improve your energy so you're going to have more focus more mental clarity more drive to get the task done you're going to be more intentional with your time so you're going to you know have that time set that time block like you said andrew you know you You sit down for four hours and you get 30 minutes of work done, you know, because it's like you're you're kind of thinking about everything else. You're scatterbrained and health and fitness and working out and managing your stress is going to 100 percent. I have zero doubt in my mind that it that is going to help every single business owner, every single crowdfunder, every single person ever to help with your emotions and your stress and your energy. I've seen it firsthand, you know, I've, I've experienced this firsthand in, in my own, my own business and my own self as well. You know, I, I know that when I, like this last week I, I got sick and I haven't been able to work out and it's been affecting me and my business. And cause I've, I'm not feeling my best, you know, I'm not eating what I should be eating uh i'm not working out and i've noticed like a dip in energy a dip in focus i have no mental clarity and i i really i really attribute that to not following my routine with working out and eating right things like that
3: i don't know if i don't know if you guys experienced this but do you ever find that when you're supposed to be working the only thing you can really think about is not working or being off work what i'm going to do when i'm not working and then when you eventually do have time off. All you're thinking about is work. Yep. <laughs> it's like this. It's like this really annoying situation. So one thing I really try to do is like, and I, it's by structuring your your time, and I think you have to be intentional about rest because we often think about work. Oh, I have to work, but you also have to like work at resting, and this will really help you. When I'm working, I'm working. When I'm resting, I'm resting. When I'm with family, I'm with family. And I, I think kind of really focusing and being disciplined. To make sure that you're doing those things at those times it's going to help you be more productive as on top of all those things because i know you, you can probably relate to that is that when you're when you're off work and you should be resting i find i'm checking my emails i'm checking slack and yeah. there's no reason for me to do it it's just like a maybe like a, a habit or i just kind of want to be in control or whatever but so yeah maybe speaking speaking to that have you found a, a schedule uh, helpful in those circumstances.
2: So this kind of reminds me of of something that's called Parkinson's law and it basically states that if you give a if you give a time frame to something you're going to take that entire time to do that task. So if you give 2 hours to do a task that might only take an hour, you will take 2 hours to do that task. So like you said just being intentional with your time and setting setting those time blocks and I use timers on my phone all the time. So I'll set a timer on my phone for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, I'm going I'm doing one thing. I'm not, you know, worrying about my cat. I'm not worrying about my dog, or I'm not worrying about, you know, when the garbage needs to needs to go out, something like that. So so yeah, just like being focused and intent with your time, just like you said, and and actually setting those time blocks and sticking to it um, is a great way to, um, you know, to to be more uh, productive in your day.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I find myself similar to you, Sean. I find myself um, when I'm with the family, I'll, you know, we're supposed to be doing something together and I'm just thinking about, oh man, there's this uh, thing at work and I really can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit to get back to that tomorrow. I can't wait to talk to that person tomorrow or whatever. And then when I'm at work, I'm just like, oh, I feel so bad because my wife is with the kids and I'm not able to. Engage and and whatever and there's always this battle. I I find that when thinking about personal stuff is is always a challenge, but then um I found a real way to help myself with personal, on personal time thinking about work. My wife will hide my phone, so what Mm -hmm. we'll do is we'll put my phone on like the do not disturb setting or airplane mode, which is you know no no Wi-Fi or any any sound or whatever, and she will hide it, and it has never been hidden in the same place twice. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like a thing that I know it's like, all right, she's taking my phone. It's going away. I don't know where it is. I lock the computer so that it's, you know, turned off. And, and also if I walk into my office, I'm immediately busted, you know, unless my wife knows like my board games are in here. So maybe I'm grabbing a game, but if not, then there's no reason I should be going to my office unless it's to work. Right. And, and so we do this, we do that stuff. And then every once in a while, I'm thinking about, let's say, a really good idea, I can't get it out of my head, I will tell my wife, I've learned, honey, I need five minutes. Just where's my phone? I'm going to write something in the notes app and just feverishly explode because I have all this creative energy. And I'm actually not able to be present with you right now because I have this on my mind. And she'll say, okay, how long is it going to take? And then I'll always tell her a time and be five minutes longer than that. I just can't, I, I don't know why I can't help it. Uh but after it's out of my head, i'm I'm really am able to compartmentalize, to to shut off and then come back to the family and really be present. Like I taught the kids how to play foursquare this this uh what was it? gosh, I guess it was in December, I taught the kids how to play Foursquare, which was totally random. I haven't played that game in like 30 years, but it was, you know, for those of you that don't know, you take a rubber ball and you try to it's like tiny tennis. It was, it was just really cool because, you know, I was able to devote that mental time to my family and it was like, this is a really fun thing we can do. And that was because I was just not thinking about work. I found a way to compartmentalize. So I want to, I want to kind of pivot a little bit to talk about your business and the way that you guys kind of handle stuff. Um, Because at Thrive Coaching Academy, what I, what I thought you did initially when I first was uh, introduced to you is that you were a personal trainer that met with people that, worked out with them at like a a local gym. And then you told them what to do, like, Hey, eat vegetables and meat and uh, nothing else, you know, no ketchup ever again or whatever, (laughs) but that's not what you do at all. And I was really fascinated to learn how you work with people that are, that live all over. Like you don't need to be local. You don't need to be close enough that you can work together in person. And would you mind sharing a little bit about like how you do things?
2: Yeah, so we're able to work with people all over the world. Um, Sean actually just had a call with someone from uh, Cork County, um, in in Ireland. There, so could so you understand I was, them? <laughs> I I did. He he had a thick accent. It was he it really, really laid it on me, but I did my best. I I, I got through the call. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we, we weren't a good fit to work together. But um, it's just fun, you know, talking to people all across the world. But so anyway, what we do is we. We have our own mobile app that we are able to program their completely customized workouts in. We, we find out what their goals are, obviously, if they're working out at home or at a gym, uh, what equipment they have available, what time they have available. Um, and we're able to really customize their program specifically for that individual. So it's not a cookie cutter program where we have it pre-programmed and just you know everyone's on the same thing. Um, it's it's really customized to that individual and what their needs are and what their goals are and things like that. And the app is is so cool too. So we we um, do a lot of nutrition coaching. So we start someone out with a meal plan that gives kind of a general guideline on how many calories they should be eating, what their macronutrients should be, so their proteins, their carbs, their fats, and then we kind of lay out different meal choices that they that they have that they have selected so we send them a worksheet that kind of goes through different proteins carbs and fats and they they select which ones they like and which ones they don't like so then as a coach i'll develop a meal plan and give them you know different recipes or give them meal options or different ideas right on on meals that they should be eating throughout the day and that's just a tool to really use as a as a way to to understand the quality and the quantity of food that we're looking for. Where the real magic happens is we actually educate and and teach them how to food track. So we use MyFitnessPal. And when they food track, it actually integrates directly into the mobile app. So we can see exactly what they're eating. We can see exactly when they're eating it and um, see if they're under eating or overeating and really coach them on the proper way to go about their nutrition. So that they kind of don't feel like they're on an island and they're kind of they, they think they know what they're doing, but, you know, they don't. So we're able to do that nutrition coaching and understand if they're not losing weight and they're eating chocolate donuts for breakfast, you know, we can be like, OK, uh, this might be the reason why. So um, so that integrates right into the mobile app as well. We can see what they're doing in their workouts. So they they track their workouts and we monitor their workouts. Um, so we can make sure that they're progressing week by week. Um, there's also form tutorial videos built right into the mobile app, so they never have to leave their phone to go on Google to look up a, an exercise. And we also do form coaching on that mobile app as well, so they can send us a video of them performing the exercise, and we can send a video response back, giving them coaching cues and directing them how to um, how to move. And there's also one way messaging or two way messaging on that, on that app. So they're always available to talk to me whenever they need help with anything. And a a lot of what we do as well, besides just nutrition and exercise coaching, a lot of what we do is lifestyle coaching. So we run a private Facebook community where we do live trainings every single week. And in those live trainings, we'll go over mindset topics, sleep habits, discipline, motivation, nutrition, um, teach them about exercise, teach them about the ideas of progressive overload, which is how you get stronger, which is increasing the weight um, week by week of a certain exercise to build muscular strength and size. Um, So we teach them and educate them on all of these topics, right? So that way, it's not just a program that they come into, lose the weight, and then they go out and go back to their old ways. What we really want to do by designing our program like this is to teach them, educate them and give them these tools for life. So give them all of the knowledge that they need to be successful even outside of the program. And our idea behind this is to create generational change. So we want to nip the obesity and the overweight problem in America right in the bud and by we and by teaching kids and teaching parents and them teaching their kids how to eat right, exercise right, how to think right, you know, because a lot of where we fail is right here between the ears. So mm-hmm. teaching them all of these things, giving them the tools, giving them the proper education to go out and then teach their friends and their family and their kids is where we want to start, you know, kind of turning things around in in our society. So now how can people find you if they if
1: they wanted to consult with you and see if you are a good fit for them and their lifestyle i know we might have some people listening that feel that way um where can they reach out to you
2: yeah of course yeah so you can reach me on all of the uh major platforms instagram facebook and tiktok at coach dan whaley um and that's my username across all of the all of the platforms there cool and Whaley is W H A L E like
3: Y. Yep,
1: W H A L E Y. Cool. Awesome.
3: We'll have some. We'll have some links in the show notes as well for people to check out.
1: Yeah, very good. Well, thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. And uh, it's really been a pleasure. And wow, what a lot of information to digest. I look forward to like
2: re-listening to this. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I I really appreciate it.
0: And with that said, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. A big shout out to Dan Whaley, personal trainer of Thrive Coaching Academy. He's actually down here in lovely, sunny Southern California with me. And if you're interested in anything that he has mentioned or talked about or offered, you can visit him on any major social platform at Coach. Dan Whaley is his name. Coach Dan Whaley, W-H-A-L-E-Y. And of course, if you're always interested in what we all always usually offer, visit us on Facebook at Crowdfunding Nerds Community. And you can check out all of our guy. We got so much stuff going on there. We got so many members, so many questions and answers going on. So if you're if you're stuck somewhere or need to need help or just want to join the community of people who are just like you wanting to be successful in their crowdfunding uh, board game or video game um, adventure head over there and of course we also have a really great program at crowdfundingnerds.com, where um, we can actually help you directly with all of your crowdfunding needs and with that said stay cool stay healthy stop drinking those cokes and as always stay nerdy see you next week